In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel this morning from St. John uh, chapter 14 takes place on the night of Holy Thursday before the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on this night, many mysteries were unveiled before His disciples, the great uh, institution of the Last Supper of the Eucharist, and the uh, great discourse uh, that the Lord gives about the Holy Spirit and his, the mystery of his suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and his arrest in the beginning of his Passion. And so it is a night that is full of uh, turmoil and confusion for the disciples, and yet we see the tender love of our Lord who spends this time to comfort them. Uh, we can imagine that any one of us uh, who were preparing for a very a uh, difficult hour ahead of us, uh, especially one that included much suffering and humiliation and, and, uh, and pain, that it would be very difficult at that moment to turn away from ourselves, but to turn to uh, others and comfort them. And here already we have a very important lesson for us about how to forget ourselves, how to forget ourselves out of love for the other. Our Lord here is not thinking of himself, but he is thinking about the separation pain that the, his disciples will feel in just a few hours. And so he turns his attention to them to comfort them. And both Thomas and Philip in the gospel this, this morning uh, are asking for, okay, Lord, if, you're, if something's going to happen and there's going to be some sort of separation between us, then show us the way and show us the Father. And both Thomas and uh, Philip received a similar response. To Thomas, the Lord says, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And to Philip, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So he wants to say to us that we should have no anxiety about our relationship with God. If we have met Jesus, if we have known him, if we have heard his words and we have believed in him, and if we have accepted what he has done for us, then we have a relationship with God. So the Father is not a mystery. The Father is not inaccessible. He has come to us through His Son, and He has revealed Himself to us through His Son. Um, as you know, this Thursday is the Feast of the Ascension, and the Ascension always falls on a Thursday because it's 40 days after a Sunday. Um, so oftentimes it doesn't give us the opportunity to say a few words about this major feast, which is one of the major feasts of our Lord. Uh, so I want to connect kind of um, this Gospel this morning with the Feast of the Ascension um, so that we might... Um, prepare ourselves for the, uh, for the feast and also for the upcoming Feast of Pentecost, which then takes place 10 days after this Thursday on, uh, on two weeks from today. So in this beautiful discourse that our Lord gives his disciples, he begins to speak to them about a mystery, a mystery what we, we might call the presence, uh, which is through absence. The presence, which is through absence. Because in the experience of the disciples, the presence of the Lord for them was a very carnal one, very natural. It was, it was one that was based on physical proximity to the Lord, seeing Him, being with Him, hearing Him, um, eating with Him. And, and now they are instructed or they are informed that there will be a new way of knowing the Lord from the carnal to the spiritual. And this is a theme that we have seen from the beginning of the Holy 50 Days, both the theme of faith uh, and the theme of the Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit, which becomes a reality 
on the day of Pentecost for the church and then in every individual believer on the day of their baptism. And so when the Lord says and promised at the very and the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, he is speaking to us about a truth. The Lord is not leaving us. The Lord has not left his disciples. The Lord has not left the world when he went back to the Father. But he has established a new relationship, a new way of knowing God, a new way of experiencing and uh, communing with God. And this is through both the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and through his body, which is the church and the sacraments that he establishes in his church. And so this new way is going to take some adjustment for the disciples. They are going to go through a period of uh, difficult pain and adjustment. But in the end, he promises them that this new way of knowing them is superior. It's not inferior. It's a superior way. God will become more present to them. God will become more tangible, more real, and more accessible to them and to everybody in the whole world than it was through his physical carnal proximity. Right? And so many times, even when Jesus was alive, people said, Lord, if you were here, right? Think of the sisters of Lazarus. Lord, if you were here, our brother would not have died. So even this physical proximity had limitations. But now we can never say, Lord, if you were here. Lord, if you were with me. Because he abides in us and he is around us and he is given to us even as food and drink in the, in the sacrament of the Eucharist. So he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. So it's a very beautiful expression here that the Lord speaks in prayer to his Father that he wants his people to be where he is. That is, he wants them to be exalted, to be, to be with him sitting in the heavenly places. And, and so what, this is what the Feast of the Ascension is. The Feast of the Ascension is the Feast of our exaltation. It's the Feast of our being raised to the heavenly places. Not to remain as carnal people, not to remain on the earth, but to have our rightful place, our, our rightful dignity, in the heavenly places, seated with the Lord, who has become not only our Savior, but our brother, the first fruits of those who have been redeemed. So the ascension is our, is our feast, our feast of our exaltation to the bosom of the Father. And therefore, he has lifted us up. There's a beautiful fraction for the resurrection. We don't usually pray that one. It's a little bit shorter. Um, than the one that we, there are two of them that if you look in the, in the Hulegi, in the in the black book of the liturgy, you'll find for the Feast of the Resurrection, there are two fractions the priest can choose from. And, and, and the one that we don't usually uh, recite, there's a beautiful uh, phrase there where the priest says uh, that the Lord, you have lifted your saints on high with you and presented them as gifts to your Father. You have lifted your saints on high with you and you have presented them as gifts to your Father. So the Lord lifts us up and presents us as gifts to the Father. The gifts of His redemptive work, the gifts of His uh, suffering, 
and his cross and his tomb and his resurrection. What he has accomplished for us, he merits this to us, if you will, and presents us as renewed gifts, children to the Father. But this doesn't mean that uh, the Lord has now ascended and returned to his exaltation and has somehow uh, been separated from the suffering of the world. And the greatest, maybe clearest biblical example of this is when the Lord appeared to Saul, Saul of Tarsus, who became St. Paul, the great apostle. And when he appeared to him, he said to him, what, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting what? me? But Saul never persecuted the Lord in the flesh. Saul never saw him. Saul was persecuting his church. He was persecuting us, the body. But the Lord says that when you persecuted the body, you persecuted me. In other words, even in his exaltation, the Lord is still wounded. He still suffers. He still is in pain for the suffering of his body. He still weeps with us. He still laments. And so he is close to us in our joy and close to us in our sorrows. But now having taken us up and, and, and lifted the church up, so the church has now been, been taken into the heavenly places and the Spirit then fills the church. Right? We say in the prayer of the third hour, what? O heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who is what? Present in all places and fills all things. Right? And this is the, the gift of, 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 of this, these holy days, this, the Ascension and the Pentecost, is that having now raised us and the church and having the Holy Spirit as an indwelling reality in the church and in every soul, so the Spirit fills all things. So truly the church experiences a heavenly reality. I don't know if any of you were following just recently one of the um, blessed fathers of our church, Father Shenouda in Ambabshoy, passed away um, on the East Coast. Uh, it was a very righteous, uh, holy monk who has um, goes back to the days as a disciple of Pope Krolos as a layperson and then later as a, as, a, as a deacon and a priest monk with His Holiness Pope Shenouda. Um, and many... During the, the during the funeral and the services in which some of the the beloved uh, of this father spoke about their experiences with him, they began to speak about how the heavenly realities were open, how in the divine liturgies many saints were present and were perceptible, and were experienced by others, how on many many of the divine liturgies they those who were close enough to him who can get him to speak would ask him who was with us today and he would tell them which saint was with them today so there's no barrier the saints come and go the saints are with us in this liturgy the angels are here this is not something that this is not some sort of pious fabrication or some sort of pious you know hope but it is a reality if the lord is present he comes with a multitude of his saints and angels and they come and they visit and they leave just as we visit one another and and uh, encourage one another and bless one another. So this is the reality of the Holy Spirit filling all things. 
when we say people ask the question, how is it that the saints hear our prayers? They're 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 creatures. They're 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 human beings. Right? Well, they hear our prayers because the Holy Spirit fills all things. By the Holy Spirit, they're able to hear our prayers. If human beings, if saints who live in the flesh, saints like Pope Carlos the Maberini and all of these saints, and even Tansimir that maybe you heard me speak about before, if these people can, by the Spirit, know what somebody else is thinking or what somebody else is doing in a, in a faraway place or what somebody else is feeling, then how, how is it possible? It's by the Holy Spirit. One time, Tansimira, um, this is uh, somebody, for those of you who don't know, she is a very holy woman that passed away like three years ago that I had the privilege of knowing for a number of years. And in the last few years of her life, heaven was really truly open to her. And she had many spiritual gifts that I was able to be a witness of. One time she was praying in her room and somebody that was close to her was in another place and she, this person, a woman, was crying. She was distraught about something. And, um, and as Tan Samir was praying, she saw, she saw this person crying in front of her. So she called her on the phone and, and the person answered the phone and of course, Tan Samira tried to uh, play it off as just, you know, Hi, Habibti, how are you? I'm just calling to check on you. Uh, how is everything? I miss you. And so this person uh, asked her, Tant, why did you call me now? She said, oh, I don't know. I was just, maybe, I was just missed you. I was thinking about you. And I wanted to check on you. But the person perceived that there was more to it. So she kept insisting. But why did you call me now? And then she got kind of serious and she said, because I was praying and I saw you in front of me crying. And she said, yes, I, I was. And so these kinds of things happened often with her. Many times she called me and would tell me what I was doing and what I was thinking and then telling me to stop worrying about something. And um, How? She's just a, a woman uh, married with kids. Not somebody who lived in the desert. Not somebody who... A holy woman, yes. A woman of prayer, absolutely. A woman who loved the church and the sacraments, for sure. But how? According to human limitations, it's impossible. But it's by the Holy Spirit. So we should not set limits for what the holy, how the Holy Spirit fills the church. Because the Spirit fills the church, yes, the saints and the angels are present. Because the Spirit fills the church, yes, the saints in heaven hear our prayers. Even if we are in our thoughts, by the Spirit they can hear. They can respond. So, the creation itself is filled with the Spirit. The saints, the church, the sacraments. Even the Lord, surprisingly, He says in, the, in His famous uh, section of St. Matthew's Gospel, um, that even the Lord is hidden among the poor and the sick and the prisoner. That the Holy Spirit uh, reveals that Christ himself is present in these people. Right? So he says, For I was hungry and you gave me food, and I was thirsty and you gave me drink, and I was a stranger and you took me in, I was naked and you clothed me, I was sick and you visited me, I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison or come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And when he says to the disciples, the poor 
you will have with you always. It's not because the Lord is not powerful enough to uh, eradicate poverty, but because he wants that the poor be an actual presence of him in the world. That, that in the face of the poor, we can find Jesus, we can find Christ. That if we find somebody in the street who is sick or, in, or somebody who is in prison or somebody who is in the hospital or somebody who is, who is, who is naked, and, naked and needs to be clothed, that it is another opportunity, another, if you will, sacrament in which the Holy Spirit reveals the face of Christ. So even in the poor, there is the presence of God. So the final thing I just want us to maybe meditate on is this presence through absence. And, and the gift that of God is a gift of His presence. God revealed that His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And, and therefore, each of us also has to learn how to be a gift of presence to one another. How can we be present to one another? It doesn't mean that we have to be eloquent with words. It doesn't mean that we have to have certain skills or talents. But we have each one of us to discover how to be present to one another. We can be present to one another even in silence. And just physical proximity. We can be present to one another with a smile, with, with a gesture, with assistance, with whatever means that are at our disposal. But the ministry of the church and the ministry of her servants is a ministry of presence. It's not a ministry of rituals. The rituals are there to help us, to aid us, to focus us. But the ministry is a ministry of the presence of God to the world. Uh, in the letter of, of Diognetus in the second century, he said, the Christian uh, is to the world like the soul is to the body. Right? I think I mentioned this verse before, or this saying before. So uh, we, we need that the Holy Spirit use us, fill us in order to be a presence, a presence to one another in whatever capacity God wants us to be, in whatever um, capacity, in whatever rank, doesn't have to be something uh, formally uh, ordained by the church. But each one of us, by virtue of our baptism, has been called to be a presence of the Holy Spirit in the world. So we, we pray that during these holy days that our this great gift of our exaltation and the great gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and, and the Spirit filling the world and the church and the sacraments and, and even every uh, aspect of, of our creation that it might be for us a time of, of great joy uh, in the goodness of our God who has given to us such great gifts and who has presented us as, as gifts to, to his Father. And to him be all glory now and forever and unto the ages of ages. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net, that's www.stbasil.net, or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution, and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.